Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by entrepreneurs, successful business people, and those of us who deal with not only the ups and downs of business, but the pain, frustration, and all the good things that come along with chronic illness. Good morning, everybody. It is great to be here today. And today we are actually talking with Adam Mutchler. Did I get that right, Adam? You got it right. (laughs) All right. And I am going to let him introduce himself today because of some discombobulation of things that happened with scheduling and rescheduling. And so I am going to turn it over to you, Adam. Tell us who you are and why you're here today. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was very generous of you. We, I can be honest. I am not a big preparer. So sometimes I forget to send things. <laughs> so in lieu of that, we'll just do it in the moment. So there you go. <laughs> uh, as, as I was introduced, Adam, Adam Mutchler, partner of the Kadar Group. We're a boutique coaching firm in D.C., I also have my own podcast, The Founder's Mind, where I'm a host. Um, and I'm maniacally focused on a couple of things, but really increasing the leadership competency in the world. You know, and I work with startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, and also, and I think this is the reason why Natalie and I are connected, um, are the, uh, is what is my role in helping others succeed and thrive and grow in the world? That's beautiful. I'd forgotten you were from D.C. I miss D.C. so much. I lived there for 36 years and I just loved it. And uh-huh. in in fact, my very first disability happened while I was racing down Connecticut Avenue trying to catch the train. Oh, and man. I was carrying a huge load of books to do some research and I wasn't walking fast enough for other people who, because it was rush hour and they were pushing and shoving and they shoved me off the sidewalk onto Connecticut Avenue where a bus hit me. Mm. <laughs> that is wild. One of my biggest memories of Washington, D.C. <laughs> I mean, that memory will stick with you. And it's amazing to hear you laugh about it because it sounds a bit traumatic. It was a bit traumatic, but you know, you have to deal with things and I've learned so much because of so many of those things, but I love DC and I think my husband and I are going to try to get back there for a vacation this summer, but um, let let me know when you're there. Right. I've been told there's so many changes and I won't recognize anything. I lived in Chicago for four years and from 2011 to 2015, when I came back to DC, the city had changed so much in four years Yeah, um, that it was wild. Also, I need to correct myself. I said, Natalie, but your name is Nancy. My bad. That's all right. I answered to a whole bunch of things. (laughs) We knew who you were talking about. No problem. (laughs) Anyway, let us get this conversation started. Um, leadership is a very important, yet oftentimes a vague term. Yeah. And most of my listeners are one in two person businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, they're generally people who have 
home-based businesses, they work by themselves, they may have a couple of VAs and people that they outsource things to, and leadership probably doesn't even come into their mind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's something that oh, that's for that's for large corporations, that's for you know organizations that have hundreds of employees. Talk about that. That's not true. Even if you're the leader of yourself, you're the leader of yourself, right? <laughs> well, that's a hundred percent. When you were when you were sort of sharing this distinction between one and two person sized businesses, maybe with a couple, you know, subcontractors, versus Fortune five hundred, Fortune one hundred companies with tens of thousands of employees, sometimes hundreds of thousands, we do have these different perspectives on leadership. And and you you really hit the nail on the head. You set me up. How do you lead yourself? Um, and I think that that's a really important thing to think about. When you break down leadership, there are so many components, right? Like leadership is an umbrella. In leadership, a lot of what we talk about is how do we communicate? Uh, how, do we, how do we listen? How do we express ourselves? You know, how do, in, in leadership, we talk about discipline. We talk about structure. We talk about building trust. And so if you're a one or two person business, you still have clients typically or customers uh, and you might even have team members, even if it's just one other person. And that's a really, that is a really important thing to think about is how are you connecting with the small team that you have? You have actually less bandwidth to not work well together because you need things to hum to keep your business going. Right. If a CEO of United Airlines or Boeing makes a blunder, you know, maybe the stock takes a hit. They fire the CEO, they hire a new CEO. The 50,000 employees are still showing up to work every day and working. Right. So I think, I think that is really important. Like you said, how do you lead yourself? How do you set schedules, rhythms? How do you hold yourself accountable? Those are all things to think about. Yeah. And I think accountability is a big one, which again, I don't necessarily know that people connect the two accountability and leadership but i i'm thinking for myself i have a wonderful team i have two great team members that i've been working with for a while and we're friends we laugh we joke we we you know talk about different things but at the end of the day i'm the boss i'm the mm -hmm. head of this thing that I call a business and you know I'm the one that has to take on the responsibility and the accountability for getting things done mm -hmm. and for having them done the right way and that's hard that can mm -hmm. be very very hard and you know how how does someone who is working with a small team one or two people like this my big problem is I always get to be friends with everybody. And then I'm going, I can't do that. They're my friends. I can't tell them, you know, how, how does someone pull up their big girl or their big boy pants and become the leader of that team? Because when all is said and done, if they're not, the business is going to suffer. Yeah. I think that's, might be one of the hardest things at its core, 
like conceptually, we may understand what we need to do for our business or what we may need to do to be a, the better version of ourselves. Um, in, the, in the theoretical world, it's easy to think about it. Um, at the same token, we start to create barriers of why we can't achieve those things. And the, the, the hard part is it takes, the, it takes work. You got to do the work. And it's kind of simple. You got to get up. You got to show up for yourself in order to move you more order to move you through your business and you have to show up for whoever is a part of your business and again it could be internal or external clients internal clients in my perspective are your employees or team members but if you don't show up for them it's hard to expect them to show up for you Um, and that is the challenge of running a business some people love 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 working for other people and just being able to show up and do a certain set of tasks and receive that bi-weekly paycheck. The majority of people do that uh, in, our, in our world, you know? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you have the, the edge or the drive to do your own thing, you take on a lot. You know, you have to be the salesperson. You have to be the customer service person. You have to be the chief motivating officer. You have to be the problem solver. Even if you hire other people, you still have to be that sort of, like you said, the buck stops with you. Like you have to be the backstop of all of those things. And that's, that's the sort of intense side of owning a business. Uh, the nice thing is sometimes you can move your schedule or you can like, for example, right now I'm calling in from Albuquerque. I'm in Albuquerque for the entire month. Right. Nice. I, I couldn't really do that if I was really embedded in another organization. But I think the big piece is when you're, when you're, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling run down, when you feel like you don't have a lot of motivation to do the things that may be challenging in your business, try and remember why you started the business. What made you take that move from working from someone else to working for yourself? Or what made you say, I'm going to get an LLC or incorporate and go find clients? What was that initial urge? Sometimes that pulls you through those momentary dips in your day or week. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important, especially for the people who are listening to this podcast. Many of them have uh, some sort of a chronic illness. And, mm. and it's like me, I got news a couple of days ago that I am facing the 16th surgery in six wow. years. And, you know, I'm going, geez, is it ever going to end? And how, I'm going to be non-weight bearing. I'm going to be sitting on my butt for eight weeks. And I'm going, how am I ever going to be able to run a business? I'm just going to give the whole thing up. And then I go, no, you know, I've worked too hard. I've got too many people counting on me. I have got to get up there and figure out how to do it. And, and I think that for all of us who have chronic illnesses, there are times when you just want to stay in bed and take a nap. But there are other times that you do realize this is why I started my business. Mm. Nothing has changed. What's changed is how I do it. Mm. And I've just got to figure out a new normal. Yeah, that's that's sounds like you're on the brink of of quite the journey and something that you've been on for a while now. And and I have unbelievable respect and admiration for people who have chronic illnesses, disabilities, really anyone that falls into a category that is traditionally 
underserved, underrepresented, undersupported. And there's an entrepreneur in DC, Diego Mariscal, who has a company called Together International. And his whole premise, and he's running a cohort now that I'm coaching in in DC. Uh, and I'm going to, I just want to read a line, but he says, unleashing the innate entrepreneurial mindset of people with disabilities. This is his whole it. premise. And his belief. I need a, I need a connection to him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'll make it happen. Thank you. Um, but the whole premise is that people with disabilities or chronic illnesses, however you want to categorize it, are innately resilient because they have to be. That's right. And they, there are certain traits that people have when they're growing up or take on a disability that require them to be innovative and creative and really power through things. And all of those traits have such direct connections with entrepreneurship or running a business. Yeah. And I think this, it's easy to say this as someone who doesn't have a chronic illness. So I, I take this with a, not a grain of salt, but maybe like the whole salt container. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that most entrepreneurs who don't, first have some form of struggle in their life deal with is they don't have the resilience or perseverance or persistence or drive to push their business forward. So I always talk about transferable skills with my coaching clients. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think Diego's focusing on and I think is really a, a powerful reframe is what are the transferable skills in your life that will help power your business? And I think resilience is a huge one. I agree. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Changing the subject for just a second, and it's still kind of sort of along the same lines, but just things pop in my head and I, and I ask them as we go I through these it. conversations, um, was in a chat on Facebook the other day, and the question came up about who is ultimately responsible for a business success. And this was asked in a group of coaches. Mm -mm. And I was pretty much the outlier and was getting some not real nice comments <coughs> because everybody, and I don't care, that's me most of the time, but most of the people were saying, as a coach, coach, you are ultimately responsible for the growth and success of your client's business. And I'm going, no, no. The, the coach is the, the coach is responsible the for the coach success. Is responsible for the success of their client's business. Yeah. I'm saying yes as and I'm hearing you. I'm not saying yes as I'm in agreeing with you or agreeing with that statement. So are you asking me this question? I'm asking you the question. What are your thoughts? I think there are a couple of things. And I this is what I talk to clients about. No one knows more about your life or your work more than you, the individual. So if I'm coaching someone, I express this, that they know more about the world that they live in, the people that they're with, the work they're doing, the challenges they face. In, it's in them. They're living it. I can never know what they really, really know. And, and so with that, I'm there to support them. I'm there to be in parallel uh, to the work that they're doing. 
but I can't take responsibility for someone else's actions. I can react and respond to them. And I will say that as a coach, if we're talking about coaching, the uh, International Coaching Federation, the ICF that governs sort of the coaching world um, and creates standards and ethical guidelines, there is there is some there's language and perspective around if as a coach I feel that I am not providing productive support to a client maybe we have two three four conversations and our wheels are spinning and it's clear that there's no progress being made that it's on me as a coach to raise that flag and say hey you know we've been putting a lot of energy in but I'm, I'm we're not seeing a lot of progress you're not you know, taking certain steps. Is this working for you? Am I working for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to realize when clients are really responding and resonating to your coaching or potentially not. And it may be, it may be on the coach, it may not be, but it might be. And I think having that humility is really important as a coach. You can definitely, I mean, I can't take credit for my clients closing big rounds of funding. Right? Like that's on them. They did that. They, they, they pitched, they were in the investor meetings. Yeah. You know, if they want to turn around and say my guidance and my support was helpful, you know, that's very meaningful and it's 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 very generous. But I wasn't in those meetings. Well, and I think again it goes back to the leadership role, the accountability, the responsibility, all of those kinds of things. I, I and I am not a coach. I don't I don't mm-hmm. say that I'm a coach. I'm I am someone who actually provides answers, mm-hmm. you know. So in that way, I do take some of the responsibilities. If you've paid me and I say, okay, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, and this needs to be done, mm-hmm. then I take responsibility and ownership of that part of it. But I'm sure not going to take ownership of if you don't do it, it's my fault. Right. You know, they yeah. need, they need to, and the, and I think that's what we were talking about was they need to take on the responsibility themselves for actually completing what they've set out to do. A hundred percent. And then, and I say this to prospective clients and existing clients and anyone that'll listen, the truth is the coaching component of the work that my clients do is a really small piece of the work. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a nutritionist saying, These, this is an ideal diet for you. And they give you a, a guideline of a diet. That's the easy part. Here's the information. Here's mm-hmm. the advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing it. Showing up. And we talked about this earlier in the conversation. Showing up for yourself every day. Showing up for the people around you every day. Putting in the work. Putting in the time. That's the hard part. And again, as a coach, even as if you're an advisor and providing a solution or piece of advice, once you've handed it off, the hard part is the work. That's right. That's right. And you can't do that for them. You know, no. they've got to do it themselves. And yeah. it takes time. It does that's take time. One of the, that's one of the things you were talking about on your, your form you filled out for me is that uh, success does not happen overnight. No, it doesn't. It really, it's, and it's amazing. And one of the things we live in a world now where everyone can tailor their story, right? We have platforms like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and we have media publications like Bloomberg and Fast Company. 
and you read these really polished articles or you watch this really polished video or read this post about a moment of success that someone has and you think to yourself wow look how easy it seems but it doesn't dig into oh that person's been building their brand for 10 years and they just happen to get a partnership with a huge company or they just happen to happen quote unquote to go public well no they they gave up you know 10 times 365 you know like 3000 3600 days of whatever else you were doing to build something yeah yeah i can't tell you the number of times i've heard the saying you know these overnight successes that we all hear about actually took years you know to mm -hmm. to complete and to to become this wow i became a success overnight so mm -hmm. yeah and and the other thing that people have to realize is they've been working and struggling and and putting in so much time and effort mm -hmm. And one day they just wake up and say, no, I'm giving up. They don't know, but that success might be right around the corner. Yeah, I tell, I have a couple of friends who are artists. They're really incredible muralists. And they've been working on their art for, for uh, honestly, their whole career since they graduated college. And something that I talk to them periodically about is every year that they don't quit, thousands of people quit. And they become part of a smaller and smaller group of people that have been doing this work for over a decade, decades, you know? And I think that's true in a lot of spaces. When I started coaching at 27, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna see where, I'm, where I am with this by the time I'm 35. And at that age, I'm going to make an assessment. Have I built enough of a foundation? And does this feel like it's really resonating? And if yes, I can double, triple, quadruple down on all the things that I've learned. I've seen people become coaches and stop being coaches in the time that I've done it. And it's been five years now. Oh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it gets that. And I and again, I think that's something that we need to always keep in mind when we're looking at our lives trajectories out there is that you know we need to always be aware that it, it could be happening right around the corner and i and i think that it, it also helps you had mentioned earlier that you had met diego and and yeah. i want a connection to yeah, him yeah. you know it's it's not just us going out there and doing this and becoming successful. It takes relationships. It takes the work of others along with us to become successful, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's literally all of the things. It takes a village <laughs> is a common, is a common uh, phrase. Something that, that I say and that we say at the Kadar Group, relationships precede results. When you put in the time to build those relationships, and this is kind of what you were just saying, thing you know, results will come, and so it's. I think it's crucial. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you've mentioned your business a couple of times, but you haven't really told us much about it. Tell us what you do there, and how someone could actually get in touch with you if they were interested in being a part of your business. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. My business is interesting, and I'm and I'm I'm so appreciative that I'm a part of it, and that it's that it's work that I get to do. 
really high level, the Qadar group was founded in the early 90s by Leah Qadar. Uh, and the short answer to my involvement is I've known about the business my whole life because Leah Qadar is my mom. Um, so it's a family business. And it wasn't until around 2011 that I realized that I wanted to get into coaching. And I'll talk more about that in a split second. And it wasn't until 2015 that I actually started doing work with Leia and the Qadar group. But when I was 18, I was working at Apple and they asked me if I wanted to train and mentor new employees. And I said, yes. I also said, I'm only 18. Also, this is my first job. And they told me that I was very approachable. I really understood the culture of the, of the company and I understood the store culture. And they kind of leaned into me working with people. And that's when I realized I love working with people. So in parallel, I knew about this coaching as a business. So in 2015, I joined the Kadar Group. And what we do is we do all sorts of things. But really at the core is we work with people, individuals, teams, and organizations around how they work with themselves. So when we talk about leading yourself and how they work with others. And that manifests with one-on-one coaching. It manifests in workshops, in team retreats, and facilitation for departments within organizations. But one of the things that's happening in the world that I'm observing and people are talking about is that we are becoming less and less human or humane at work. Mm-hmm. And people with chronic illness and disabilities have known this for decades, for the entirety of the existence of disabilities. And it's happening, though, for everyone. And so our work is really, for me, the work is at the core of how do we make people more human? How do we lean into the things that are innately human, like communication, building relationships, building trust, thinking innovatively, creatively? So that's what the Kadar Group does. We have all sorts of ways of doing it. Uh, And I would say, if you're interested, kadargroup.com, K-E-D-A-R group.com. I'm sure in the show notes, my name will be in there, Adam Mutchler. I'm one of those people that if you reach out to me, I will respond. Uh, you, you will get a response. Great. And so hit me up. I love talking to people about this. Even if you don't know what we could do, reach out. Yeah. And, you know, I think how long has your mom's business been around? This We're cracking into the 30th year. Because I think, is she, is she in D.C.? Yeah. I think I know her. I, I think I've I've met and actually had conversations with her back when I was living in DC, which is really wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. She's been there since the late since the mid seventies, I think. Yeah. And I was I was running my business there from eighty six to two thousand nine. So wow. We're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're gonna make those connections offline. I'm interested to see what where the overlap was. That that would be wonderful. So anyway, we are. Believe it or not, we are at the end of our time already. I can't believe how Wild. fast this went. This was great. Thank Any so last me. thoughts that you have to share with us before we're we're finished here? The only thing I'll say, and we've kind of talked about it already, is it's really easy to feel like you don't have the strength or energy when we go, when we kind of isolate or we go inward or we get kind of caught on whatever negative cycle we're on. And the only thing I'll say is when you feel, when you're feeling that, if you know what that feels like, 
or if you're feeling that and it's new to you, reach out to a friend, reach out to a peer in the business world, have a conversation, find someone you can share that feeling with because they will help you get out of that little loop because it's, it's not, not to diminish any of the listeners. That's not a unique feeling. Every entrepreneur, every business owner questions himself almost all the time because that's kind of what happens when you take it on. So find, find your peer group, find your friend, find your mentor, find your advisor, reach out to Nancy, reach out to me, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll help, we'll help set it straight a little bit, but don't get too stuck. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was saying the other day in a, in a group that I'm in, you know, I feel so much better when I'm working, when my husband and I go out for dinner and I got comments like, well, it's a good thing you could still get out. And I'm going, no, you know, you're not understanding. If you're sitting there all alone by yourself, the thoughts that go through your head, the feelings that can happen, they are negative. You need to reach out. You need to have someone on your side that will listen to you and share with you. So that is a wonderful comment to end the conversation with. Everybody keep that in mind reach out, you know, let us know what you liked about this show. If you have ideas for future shows, let us know in the comments. We air these every Thursday evening at 5 p.m. at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. <laughs> and until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Are you ready to get started in your business but don't know how to make the first step? Nancy would love to help you. As a disability advocate and a successful entrepreneur, Nancy can help your business to easily earn more, have control of your time, and take care of your physical health challenges. Just go to businesssuccessunlimited.com and use the contact form at the bottom of the page to schedule your call to see if you're a good fit. Nancy is ready to help you reach your goals.